When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Crazy is that? Man, why are women police officers? That's the conversation. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you want to. I don't know if you want that smoke. I don't. Hey God, I'm gonna kick off the show and we'll talk about this. Okay. Uh, oh God. I'll wait for the three minute thirty seconds here. I don't even know if that's Chicago. That's just people. That is Chicago. Oh, just people. I see what you're saying. Welcome back to the Last Prepper Standing Podcast with Frederick Reddy. We're just kind of winging it this this episode. I want to give you guys a heads up on that because I know Frederick Reddy is very meticulous. I'm making sure that he's prepared because he's Frederick Reddy. So doing shows that are just kind of off the cuff isn't really something he's super excited about, but we're doing it anyways. We do have a little bit of an outline for the show. But Frederick Reddy, before we hopped on here, we were just watching a pretty wild video. What did you think? Man, that's crazy. Hatchets are on the streets of Chicago. Uh, kind of gave a London-type uh, feel to it, uh, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, you live in Chicago and you want to survive whatever's coming next, I suggest you just move. I mean, it's right. not complicated. Now you, yeah. now, you look at that video. If you guys aren't familiar with it, I have posted it on my Instagram at Amer- our American Prepper Club. I'm also going to have it on Last Prepper Standing. Frederick Reddy, he may or may not post it on his too, but I think there's a lot of takeaways in that video, even though we just watched it right now. Um, it is a Mexican um, Independence Day festival that's going on, and these guys are attacking each other with hatchets. For whatever reason, whether it's something that's a long, on ongoing beef, something happened that day, but the police don't do much to stop it. I don't even think they caught the guys. Um, they managed to flag, once they finally pulled out their guns, they managed to flag a bunch of little kids in the crowd with these guns. So if you brought your kids there to the, the festival, the parade, whatever it is, and next thing you know, um, you have police trying to stop a machete fight, and that could have turned way worse very quickly. Um, I always when I see stuff like that in large crowds, I'm always reminded um, when everyone thought there was this giant terror attack going on at the Statue of Liberty and there was a bunch of people shot, but it was really the police trying to shoot one person to stop one person. And they ended up shooting like six innocent bystanders. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point. And you're right about the flagging. I mean, they were just yeah, I mean, absolutely flagging everyone. Um, and there, what was there? Six, seven, eight, six, seven I mean, cops they, completely scared to engage, completely scared to stop the situation. It, it was, it was, it's crazy enough to see the, the machete fight in the middle of the streets, which, which it didn't look like this is a, looks like a good family event. This isn't like some street shit going on in Chicago in the middle of the night. This is the, this is the middle of the day, kids, women, everybody out having a good time celebrating the Mexican independence in America, in Chicago, which is a whole nother mind fuck, but whatever. Um, but yeah, just insane, man. The cops didn't even do anything other than maybe put the citizens at more risk if that was even possible. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, I, I can't get over the flagging part now that you put it out as you said that. But I tell you, the one guy who did finally step up after, I don't know, what, 30, 40 seconds or something like that, I don't know, uh, who did step up, maybe that guy should get recognized. And maybe, I don't know, the, the, the 411 female and a couple other debated dudes uh, on the police force. Maybe perhaps they should be put, I don't know, death duty, perhaps. Well, see, they're you already, I mean, see, what some people don't realize is they're already on parade duty. Do you get a lot of this, especially in these bigger cities, when those those cops who are doing those events and stuff, that isn't like the cream of the crop there. Those are sometimes part-time auxiliary officers who are there just to be really glorified security guards. 
That you know what? That might be right. See, this is why I like to prepare. But yeah, you might be right about that. But either way, they have the uniform on. They have a sidearm. Um, I would expect them to engage literally immediately um, without hesitation. Um, and it, it's obviously disappointing. Is exactly the reason why uh, I don't depend on the police for my protection. And I suggest that nobody. <laughs> because even when they're there in droves, they're not going to step up and protect you. And it's, it's, it's a sad sentiment that's going on. Even in my area, um, they recently had uh, the county fair. And we were talking about it today. Um, today we went on a nice little family hike, uh, everybody in tow, except for one of the kids. But one of the things we're talking about is just kind of the uptick in in crime and violence that we've seen just in our little small community. Um, even at the county fair, they had a, a shooting happen, which we've been out here going on almost eight years now. And nothing's happened like that in this small little um, East Texas area. And it was really reminiscent to how me and my wife were growing up in Northern California, we, we both talked about, man, when we were younger, we used to love to go to the fair, but it got exponentially more dangerous and you saw more and more crazy shit happen. Um, and it was really just because of the, the gang influx, which comes along with the really lax sanctuary city that we lived in. Um, we're actually seeing a pretty big increase in uh, immigrants in our little bit in our area um, with their statuses, who knows who cares, but that was what the situation was. And, I definitely think there's some sort of element that comes along with um, that type of lawlessness to begin with, but it, it was just, you're not able to go out anymore. And it's, to me, it's like getting to the point where like, are you going to really just shelter in place? Cause you're scared to go to a festival. You're scared to go to a, a, a carnival. You're scared to go to a parade. I mean, what, what, where do you think you draw the line between being fearful and prepared? Well, you know that my slogan for preparedness awareness, um, which um, let me get a shameless plug here. If anybody wants to follow anything that I do, please go to preparedness.tips. That's again, preparedness.tips. But um, my slogan is uh, the solution to fear is providence and preparedness. So I believe if you have God on your side and then you're prepared, I don't think you should live in fear. I think you should live in practice. I think you should live in conversation, like you just said that you had with your family, you know, but the conversation should be more like, um, if this happens, we do this. If that happens, we do that. We all should know where the car is parked. We all, you know, meet back if something happens. Um, we know, we, you know, meet at the car. We expect you all to be at the car. I mean, I don't know how... Um, um, you exactly want to communi communicate that because it depends on the ages of children and do they all have smartphones or not. But, you know, no matter where you go, it could be an amusement park. It could be a, 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 you know, a small little county fair. People get divided. I think those conversations should always happen. And I think that's where it truly starts at. It always starts with the plan. You, you know, providence first, of course, um, and then preparedness and then a plan. Got to have a plan. So, you know, that's that's where I would start first. And then after that, obviously, there's things that you can carry to make yourself feel more comfortable in almost any situation. And that would be, in my opinion, a Glock um, 9 mil. You know, so um, even though I carry a 40, uh, <laughs> I, I, I got to get to a 9 millimeter, but that's another conversation. But like, um, but yeah, you got to feel comfortable, have have your stuff you know, be prepared. I always carry a book bag with me almost in every situation. I mean, I, I walk it like I talk it. I go into stadiums. I took a picture of myself. I was at a, a local, you know, like a, um, you know, not, not a major league, uh, uh, baseball stadium, but a minor league, uh, stadium I have in my, in my, in my area here. And yeah, they have some kind of security. It's a lot of nonsense you have to go through, but guess what? My EDC bag went right through and I, I, I had a total of 50 rounds on me. Always on my in in my main EDC bag, fifty rounds. So the number one thing I would say, besides having you know your firearm with you, is maybe you want to pick up some uh, Premier body armor. That's who. That's my my choice. Uh, shout out to Premier. You better hook me up one day. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, but yeah, they you know they work with my book, my choice of EDC bag, and. Um, so I like the idea of having armor with me. 
so I could put it on the front of my chest if I have to engage someone or when I'm, which would be nine out of 10, probably 99% of the time when I'm leaving and walking away, you know, somebody shoots me in the back, you know, boom, I'm protected. So, and that was kind of crazy to watch on that video is everybody stood around. Nobody tried to move their children yeah. out of the way. No one tried to get out of the situation until almost the very end when it was like done. You seen one guy kind of start to run away. Everybody was kind of watching and wanting to see it happen. Obviously, we're watching that film because somebody pulled their camera out. Yeah, and it happened. And you see that a lot. I see that more and more with these. Um, uh, I don't know what they call them. They, they meet up and they just want to like. Um, I don't know what the tire screeching. What the, what's the car meetup thing called? What is that called? I don't know what that's called. They call them takeovers. Okay, so they, they, I see all these takeover videos now where people are just running over people or they're doing some kind of circle thing. And of course, uh, 16, 18, 21 year old kids don't know how to control their cars. I would never even be around that circumstance from day one. I would, if I had kids, I'd be making sure they never get there or don't come home, or their butt would get beat. I mean, I don't know how I would have to communicate that, but that seems like an event that nobody should be at. Um, but every single time, it just seems like people just get run over constantly. So it's, I don't know, people like living in in thrill. I don't, I, I can't explain other than to say that people are living in a delusional state. To be honest with you, I can't explain why. It's, it's a state. It's a state of decadence. It's a, it's a state of moral decline. It's a state of um, just kind of doing whatever you want to do, regardless of the repercussions. I don't know if you watched the video. I don't think video. they even think there. I don't think they think there is going to be repercussions. And I, you know, I'll keep it real. Maybe when I was younger, you know, I climbed some trees. I did some things. I mean, we all do when we were a little younger. Um, but I think now in the, in the age of like knowing, right? I, I mean, if you want to call this an age of something, why not call it an age of knowing, right? I, I, I'm, I'm going to coin that age. We're in the age of knowing and we all know what's going on. There's like, there's no mysteries anymore. You know what I mean? Like parents should know. I mean, look, I'm not a parent. I don't need to know the name of that event, but if I was a parent, you better believe I would know what that is. I would know what is go- what what's going on, and I would just warn my kids, like, "Yo, I don't want you there. Why did you? Why don't you want me there, Daddy?" Well, let me show you this, and we'll just go through like fifteen different videos. I'd be like, "Yeah, if you like to die, go ahead and go." <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't even have to say much because the videos are right there. So it's kind of like it's like almost no excuse. We're in a world of no excuses at, at the age of no excuses. That's another age we're in. So I don't know. I see stuff like Mercedes, Mercedes flying, cars flying. I mean, at the end of the day, I contribute this all to um, big city living, I guess, you know, city life. And um, we know who controls the city. So I would well, I think it's a, I think it's a product of, of a lot of things where, you know, you have a you have we're probably three, four for three to four decades into maybe even a little more of a, you know, concerted effort to have, um, you know, single parent homes and to break up the family and to break up, you know, you talk about, you have your kids in fear. I I guarantee you a lot of those kids who are there are from single parent homes. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, there's no, there's no emphasis on school anymore and excelling. Um, I mean, I don't even know if there ever was, um, well, I, I think it would just be a natural thing, to be honest with you. I don't know if you had to have that conversation. I mean, the whole concept of school is to do well. Um, but even if we get to a point where, yes, we had to have that conversation, sit down with our child, go through homework, which, again, I don't know why we would. But that just means now the child's not that interested um, in that work, in my opinion, unless the child came and said, I have questions. But either way. Um, the point is, is that that's not going on anymore. And how can it go on when you have to work two, three jobs or, or, you know, you just enjoying the benefits of welfare and you're not working that much and just, Hey girl, yep. go out. or, or, or like you're saying the, or part I think is we're into some people in some cases, the second or third generation of that type of lifestyle, people who Perhaps. work. 
right? It's, it's just going to progressively get worse. You you figure if, you know, that first generation was pretty bad, the second generation should be worse, the third generation should be even worse than that, so on and so forth until just it's complete failure of the society because nobody cares well, about each other. Nobody, nobody looks out for each other. Nobody tries. Everybody just does whatever they want to do. Everybody just acts however they want to act. And I think you see a lot of that with um, these flash mobs of people just stealing stuff in, in droves. It's just a matter of, they don't care. They don't care about how it impacts their city. They don't care about how it impacts um, the workers there. They don't care about how it impacts the company itself. They don't care about any effects it has. And you're starting to see some of these major retailers pull out of these cities where this continues to be a major problem. So what is that going to do to society? You're going to have to, like you said, you know, you had a good secure job. Now you got to work two or three jobs because the place you were working at closed because it kept getting flash mobs stolen from. Yeah. And that goes to the, the, to the other article that you were talking about where now the city of Chicago is looking to build their own grocery stores in these, um, what are they call desert areas um, where people can't even go grocery shopping. So yeah, because the stores don't want to go there. They don't want to invest there. And, and then, so they're going to create these government ran city, the government ran grocery stores is what they want to create, which you, if you were to put, if you were to name any city about, Hey, do you think they would be effective at running a grocery store? And then the first city that comes up to think about it is Chicago. They've proven they can't even run a parade safely. How are they going to run a grocery store? They can't even run the city effectively. It's 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 laughable at best to think that. But there's definitely an overarching agenda there to have everything so incredibly break to ever have everything so incredibly break down that everybody's looking for a solution to the problem because the corporations don't want to be there. The the independent business owners don't want to invest in those communities. So then you go falling back into more government control. And I think that's the overall goal is to just let this stuff get so decadent that the government just ends up being the only place you could go to for anything. And they bring in the social, the socialism utopia that they're hoping for. Well, I would call that mission accomplished. I mean, I, I challenge the audience to look up Clowder and Pivot. Those are two two professors out of Columbia that basically came up with this strategy of destroying a city, and then you build from the destruction. So at the end of the day, yeah, I don't the have problem, problem, the problem, solution, and uh, what well, is it? Problem, reaction, solution. Right. But that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm, of course, I'm always talking about that. But now this Clowder and Pivot strategy is a little different. Um, it's a two, like I said, two college professors. So they, they, they put some thought into it. Okay. So this is pretty detailed how they plan to, uh, you know, destroy, destroy our society. So I would challenge everybody to look that up, gain that knowledge. But at the end of the day, this is why I don't have any problems with, you know, unfortunately it's sad that there's baby mamas and they're sad that we're, we're in a time where our culture has, has, um, you know, not lean on God for answers and, you know, kind of moving towards the devil and his ways. Um, not to say that it was great back in the seventies, sixties and fifties. I mean, when has it ever been some kind of form of utopia? But my point is, is that you weren't seeing flash mobs. You weren't seeing flash mobs in those yeah, times. I mean, you won't see flash mobs, but you might've saw something else, but you know, like lynching mobs. Okay. So if you're black, all of a sudden you'd be a group of, you know, 50, 100 people wearing white hoods um, trying to lynch you. So, I mean, at the end of the day, there's, there's never been this perfect society that people might think that exists here in America. It's, it's been better than it was. You know, so it was always getting to the point where it was trying to get better. Obviously, now we see it regress. It's now getting it's getting worse. But my point, my overall point is I don't have a problem with individuals. Individuals are going to do individual things. They're going to do whatever they're going to do. And that's why as an individual, I can make the decision to move, to, to, to reroute my family or something like that. But I do have a problem with, um, you know, with government. You know, obviously, this, this is all government issue, issues. And if people keep on voting for, for the same people, after a while, it's hard to have sympathy for those who basically are voting for their own demise. You know, as a Christian, I want to love my neighbor, but, you know, I have to have some discernment. And if you're keep, you're going to keep on doing the same thing over and over again, getting 
actually worse results every single time. <laughs> like, it's not even the same results. If it was the same results, like starting back in the 80s, maybe, you could be like, you know what? Not that bad. Same result. Same result as 82. Same result. 92 is 82. No. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. And they're like, yeah, can I vote again for the same group, please? Yeah. Again. Let me vote again for that same group. So and that goes that goes back to you reap what you sow, right? Mm-hmm. You well, reap what you, know, you sow. It is what it is. That's a little different, but it is what it is. So it's one of those things where, again, you know, welcome to the major major democratic run cities. This is the problem you're going to face. And uh, if you can hear our voices, uh, and you live in one of these major uh, democratic run cities that are consistently Democratic run, not somebody who just all of a sudden this year got elected or something like that. But um, you might want to just consider leaving. You know, prices are high on 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 uh, real estate right now. Get out while the going is good. Yeah, I I had to flee myself after just beating my head against the wall and realizing that there wasn't going to be a political solution. And I don't know that there's going to be a political solution regardless. I think it's uh, you could definitely give yourself a little bit of a reprieve, but you know, we've been, like I said, we've been out here for eight years and now we're seeing shootings at the, at the County fair, which wasn't a thing prior, you know, so we outran it for a little while, but it might be that point where we got to really start paying attention about, is it time to move again? Do we have to keep going? And that's one of the beautiful things about this country is we do have the ability to move ourselves to somewhere better. Might not be convenient, might not be easy, might not be something that we want to do. But then on the flip side, I don't think you should sit around and complaining about the living situation you're in when there is something better for you. And that, and that, and that really is, I'll close up with my thoughts on this. That's all economic levels. Like, there's no, you can't even use the excuse like, well, I don't got no money. I mean, well, then guess what? Go to a place where they're hiring those. Or I guess the better excuse would be somebody was, I don't have any education, you know, so how can I get a better job? This is all I can get. Well, trust me, there's some places in this world, Montana, Utah, I don't know, you got to figure it out that are hiring, you know, people with, you know, just high school education um drive motivation you know those things are more important <laughs> than the education and if you're willing to literally uproot and move across the country you could you could have a great life you know so it's just a matter of not being scared and um doing what you have to do yeah and that's you know for anyone who's thinking about it too so it's it's probably never been easier uh, um to get paid for just wanting to work than it ever has been so as a society um denigrates and people don't want to work and people don't want to do anything and people want handouts for free um anyone regardless of your education or maybe skill level um is going to have a good leg up and they're going to find a place to work if they're just willing to try and learn on the job i think uh i've seen it locally i've seen it even in my business but some people who really apply themselves regardless of maybe having the on paper um stuff that you would normally look for traditionally are, are getting chances just because they have that will to work. So don't, don't sell yourself short. If you're one of those people who think that, you know, you can't find a way because of X, Y, Z education or because of uh, X, Y, Z talents. There's, there's talent. It's talent enough is just trying hard right now. Absolutely. Totally agree. What's next? Not much, man. But the, uh, this is not much, but it's more into the just the weirdness of this society. Um, you said you had a little bit on it. I, I think um, I want to hear your opinion kind of on this first is the, the RFK weirdness with this guy showing up. I guess he was dressed as a U.S. Marshal or a police service member. Um, if people thinking it's a it's an assassination attempt. What, what were kind of your thoughts on that? Yeah, when you said that to me, I looked at it, and then um, I didn't think twice. I just went on about my day. And i I tell you why. Because I don't believe in coincidences. Anybody who's been following me, I've said this for at least, I would say, seven years. I mean, it it got to one point where I was saying it on every 10 posts. Like, yeah, I don't believe in coincidences. Yeah, sounds like a coincidence. Because anything that's coincidental, it just—it's just too obvious to me. So, so Robert Robert um, Kennedy Jr. was saying early on um, that he had no 
uh, Secret Service, um, and that he, he doesn't want to do an event that's outside, and he wants to do more private events because he has to worry about his safety. He literally has regurgitated that theme. I would say I may heard it maybe six times, but I'm quite sure it's been scores and scores. Well, right now, correct me if I'm wrong before you go a little more into this, but not only does he not have secret service, he was denied it. That's right. And so maybe that's why he talked about it over and over and over again. Um, and then magically, here comes somebody dressed up like a police officer with a firearm. I mean, it, it looks so obvious to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this guy, I only went to cosplay or something. I don't know. I mean, this is just the nonsense that I got to like, like take my time out of a, of my day to even look at. So I looked at it as nonsense. I don't, I'm still not going to pay attention to it. I don't think it's going to move the needle at all. Um, and so I don't believe in coincidences. I don't know how this occurred. I don't care to speculate even um, because I just, I, I dismiss stuff like this instantly when I think it's shenanigans, let's call it. So I don't even think about it. Yeah. I just, I just think it's really weird because you're seeing um, with him, if that was an attempted assassination attempt, he was in a disguise, right? A, a very, um, prominent disguise of being a U.S. Marshal, and they had a judge maybe a year or two ago who um, they had an assassination attempt on her, uh, and they actually killed, I think it was her her husband and her kid, and the guy yeah. was dressed up as a FedEx worker, I believe. Yep. I don't know if you remember that, but... Yeah, that was uh, in New Jersey. Yeah, I remember that. So you see things uh, just from simple home invasions happening from people who are in disguise as a um, city water inspector, as somebody who's doing, in some cases, even home security, right? But you got to be like, it's whether you're running for president or whether you're just a normal average Joe, there's people who really in this world are going to be using disguises to deceive you. I don't think that's on too many people's radars. And I think that's why it's something that people are able to fall into a trap for very easily. Well, I tell you this, that's it. Now we're moving into something that would be interesting for me to talk about is every time I open my door, I have my firearm with me. Now, I don't know if a lot of people do that, but I, I suggest you adopt that strategy now. And that's when I don't know who the person is. So I, I only open my door to a certain point. And so my firearm is always behind the door. Nobody ever sees that I have a firearm. And then I immediately, I'm, I'm more aggressive than they would be. Meaning like, well, who are you? Why are you here? What's this about? You know, instant. Like I'm just instant like that. So that way I shake them. I, 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 and I do this purposely so I can throw them off a little bit. Cause I could always just say, Oh man, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry. I caught me at a bad time. Like I, I can always rack it down. It's, it's better to start up like aggressive, start up high than it is to start softly. Hi, how can I help you? They just take it over. They just ran yeah, through the door. Door, kick, door kicked in your face. <laughs> yeah, they just like ran through the door. Cause they're not like, like they're not worried about anything at all. They're like, Oh, look at this guy. He's a little meek. You know, beta dude. So immediately, I'm aggressive, and a lot of times. Uh, so you go to the door. So you go to the door with you, with your gun, not your uh, little chai latte that you love so much. Exactly, but to be honest with you, a lot of times I, I get there before they even get to the door. I'm meeting them like down by, and I think I've told this story. I don't know if I told it to you, but um, you know, I have sensors. I have all. I I don't want to get into all the different things I have on my property. But I know almost immediately when somebody steps on my property. And so a lot of times, if I don't recognize the car, I don't know who it is, I'm already outside the door. So I don't even give them a chance to come to the door and ring the doorbell. And, I, and another thing I always do is I have a screen door now. Um, if you don't have a screen door, and I go to a lot of homes for what I do for a living, I see a lot of people who don't have screen doors. I mean, I just, I, that is very hard for me to understand. You must get a screen door. Um, don't just open your door and that's it. You have to have a screen door. But okay. But a lot of times I want before they get into my home or, or up to my porch is my point. And so 
I don't care if that's FedEx. I don't care if that's UPS, a postal worker. Um, well, not obviously, I'm not ridiculous about it. Um, but my point, my overall point is, you don't recognize somebody, don't, don't just openly trust. I mean, if you don't see that, I know what FedEx workers look like. I know what UPS workers look like. You know why? Because they literally park right in front of my house with that damn truck, <laughs> okay? And so if that truck is not in front of my house and somebody has, a, has that uniform on, I don't even know if I'm opening the door. <laughs> right, okay, so hang on. Hang on on that for a second because the, to your area, um, of, that's your experience. So in my area, and this might be the same in other people's rural areas too, but um, we don't necessarily have our UPS people in UPS trucks. Um, there are vehicles that they rent and they're in their U-Haul. So it does look really creepy when you see a UPS guy using a rented U-Haul. Um, some of our wow. postal workers are not necessarily in the um, typical postal truck. Some of them have private vehicles that they're using as well. So that, that, that you got to really be mindful. Like the vehicle is not necessarily, um, you know, you got it. Like that's a part of the thing you should be looking for and the uniform and stuff, but you could be, you could be, fooled either way very careful i've very never careful. had that experience one time i remember not coming in my door over christmas time i remember seeing somebody just in a regular car dropping off stuff and i got to talking to him that's how like again when i see something that's a little out outrageous or weird and and, and everything i have to figure out what's going on and he said yeah ups hires extra people temporarily where they're not actually ups you know full-time workers they're just you know, Christmas workers or something like that. So that I have seen over Christmas. But this, I mean, honestly, come on. This comes down to, you know, if a package is coming to your house or not. Don't be thinking you just hit the lottery or something like that. And magically, you know, you're just getting gifts out of the blue. It just doesn't work like that. So if you're not expecting anything, just don't open the door. It's not complicated. You know what I'm saying? Like if something needs to be left, they'll leave it there. If something's that important, they'll put a note. They'll put a note in the mailbox. Either way, don't be so eager. Like I, I, I get annoyed every time I have to open a door. So sometimes I don't even open the door, even though I know I should. I just don't, I'm like, oh, I don't feel like getting up. And I look at my camera, and I'm like, oh, that's whoever. And then I just say something on the microphone. I was like, yo, leave it. Just drop it there. Well, sir, you have to sign. I don't feel like signing. <laughs> and then I just let it go. You know, so I don't got time for this nonsense. I'm in the, in the middle of doing something. So I don't think you should be overly eager. I think you should use discernment. This is where, again, discernment comes into play. But, uh, yeah, as far as that uh, Robert uh, Kennedy Jr. Uh, situation, I don't know. I don't believe in coincidences. And yes, I'm sure this is a problem uh, with people dressing up, disguises and so forth. Again, get a ring camera. I, I don't use ring. I use Eufy. I think it's a better uh, brand. Um, but get get a door camera. That, that eliminates a lot of nonsense um, because, you know, people recognize that you have a camera right there. And if they're trying to do something, they know immediately they're being busted. Clearly, if they have some kind of mask on, I, obviously, you wouldn't open the door, I don't think. I mean, <laughs> you know, we can't talk down down to people. I mean, you have to have some kind of common sense. So if you see somebody coming up with a mask on, I don't know, maybe call the police. But other than that, you know how you solve this problem is just have a camera. Hey, but I got my mask on to be safe, bro. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and have, have multiple cameras like I have. Man, one, that, one is none, two is that, one. Three going back, is going eight. back a couple of years, you know, there's this uh, little uh, store I used to go to 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 pick up my Bud Light uh, Platinums that I can no longer buy. Sad story. <laughs> still, still sad about that a little bit. It is what it is. But they would get really pissed at you if you walked in there with a hoodie on, let alone a fucking mask. And then uh, a couple of years ago, and and kind of recently, they're getting you a little pissed at you if you're not wearing a mask. I'm like, man, y'all yeah. wouldn't even let me wear a hoodie and the fucking cold <laughs> into this place. And now it's like, where's your mask? And that was that was one of the top surreal moments to, to 2020. Yeah, it's uh it's uh could you it imagine repeat it? 
it's just I weird can't... seeing people at banks and liquor stores and all that stuff with mascot. I just, who would have thought you couldn't explain that that was going to happen to somebody in 2019. They would have never believed you. I don't know you. about that. I don't know. Somebody made a lot of money selling masks who predicted exactly that. So. <laughs> who was that? I'm not, was that? I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying I'm the black Nostradamus, but I'm just, I mean, it's hard. It's, look, man, this is why knowledge is the key. Th- these people tell us everything they're going to do. You just got to pay attention. You know what? You Speaking have- of one of your things that, like, you know, I kind of bought into that you were talking about, it's gonna, there's going to be a run on it, was the mosquito repellent for for these, these vax bugs. I, I really think Well, that- they, they unleashed it. They unleashed it in Florida. I mean, we, we let's still see what ends up happening with that. Um, but I think that's smart. I, I, I've prepped a lot of that stuff. Oh yeah. I, well, I mean, it, it's, it's, those are look. I think people have to understand. You do things that uh, okay. Here's how I do things. If I can do something that I know eventually I will use, where the expiration date really is not, there is none, kind of. Then it doesn't matter if you buy a lot. You know, what I mean, it's just good. I, I just did it. Actually, I'm going to do a post on it. I just bought a bunch of brushes. Now, who needs like you should see how many brushes I have. Like, you don't need this many brushes. But well, what I kind need, of brushes? Um, for for my mother, for her care, she's I have bits, and so she spills a lot. Uh, especially that she's I don't know why she spills these smoothies. But and now and they're green smoothies. So I always take her off of her, take the bib off, and then I take it to the sink. And then you have to get in with a brush, agitate it to get that green. Oh, like out. some some, some the, cleaning brushes, some scrubbing brushes, not like cleaning a toothbrush. Brush, brush. It's yeah, not brushes, like, not brushes for your for your artwork, like President Bush does of the of the burning towers and stuff. No, <laughs> I, him and and him and Hunter Biden, man. I tell oh. you that racket of painting, paint, painting. These people, I'm telling you, you just can't make it up. Again, a, another not a coincidence that you have wealthy people who have influence that all of a sudden become artists, <laughs> and so they can find a way to get that money. I mean, it's just look. I don't know how people can't see through some of this stuff by now. But clearly, they're not. Hey, you um, know, for real, though? Hopefully, we are bringing out some light to the, to people. And I hope people recognize, you got to see what's going on here. You think about it, though. If, if you were able to get a Hunter Biden painting, I would love to have that. Because you figure 200, 300 years from now, when they're able to look back on this and they'll admit to the level of corruption, that that, that painting is going to have like a bigger significance in American history than maybe until right now when I mentioned it. Look, people get a hundred Biden painting and literally shit on it and throw it away. Okay, nobody, I would, I would want it just to just to commemorate the fall, collecting the, the, fall of, the fall of the country in, in no, a little. They're not collecting little... Bush Bush paintings or Hunter Biden paintings or any other loser trying to find ways to get rich quick uh, by selling their influence. Um, no, they're not. They don't care about that stuff. That stuff gets thrown away. They'll give it to their maid. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying that, that maid, that maid then might be sitting on something for years and years down when people look back at the at the corruption. It'll be a, a memorabilia of that. Bro, that stuff is water paint. It it will fade <laughs> away. Okay. I think that, that is disappearing paint. Oh magically a year later it's like nothing's there. It's like, what happened <laughs> to the painting? Oh man, we probably just got this whole episode banned and we didn't even realize it. Yeah, probably. Next. <laughs> I you know what? I don't it, what's next? What else were we going to talk about? I kind of I kind of forgot it already. Well, you, you want to talk me... about Elon. Oh, your boy oh. Elon. I don't know if I want to get into Elon. I think we need to have like a whole dedicated Elon episode. Okay. Just so we could we could take some time to kind of clarify our points, but uh, I think one thing maybe not 
necessarily Elon related, but just the car industry um, in, in general right now, the big three going on strike, um, potentially going to be leading to more inflation, more supply chain issues. Um, a lot of people think it's just the cars itself, but it's also the manufacturing of the replacement parts. And um, there's already a back order on a lot of those things too. So when you continue to slow that down and GM and uh, Ford, they do a lot of commercial work too. So when you have these commercial businesses that rely on um, having their fleets of vehicles up and running, they can't get parts for those vehicles or some cascading events that will really slow down and hurt the hurt the economy so i don't know what your thoughts on on that are and how it'll play into maybe continuing this prolonged um everything crisis look these guys are in so much debt it's unbelievable and um again not i'm not overly interested in um CEOs making $30 million a year and then can't pay people. I mean, I, this is a, logically, it makes no sense to me. Like, they're saying there's struggles that they're going to have and they can't pay people. I get it, you know, because we're moving into the world of electrification and electric cars. I get all that. They can use every dime in R&D. Well, because that person or the CEOs were bad decision makers. Why do they get paid so much? I mean, that's at the end of the day, they're the problems they're in is because it's self-induced. Tesla ain't having a problem. They're paying their people. They ain't striking. They ain't trying to go nowhere. Now they're not part of a union, but either way, if you saw the tea leaves, I mean, this whole idea of electric vehicles is nothing new. So I just don't understand how they're so behind on all the technology and they're just, and they have all, they're taking L's left and right. So it's like a double L. So when Ford sells uh, electric, you know, the, the uh, lightning F-150, they actually then lose a sale in their regular gas or diesel uh, Ford pickup truck. So it's like, the one that would make them money, they lose money on by not having the person buy that. Then they buy the electric one, and then all of a sudden they lose money with that. I mean, it's clearly these people did not plan well. And when I say these people, I mean the manager, the management team. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm on the side of the, of, of the union when it comes to this kind of stuff. These people, man, yeah, maybe they'll go out of business, which I think they will, regardless if they pay them well or not. I just say, hey, hold out, get paid well, um, do what you got to do. And then um, maybe the management team would perhaps be more efficient and more and, and plan better uh, before they would go bankrupt. I mean, you got to put pressure on people. If people live in, in a world where they could just continuously make money and have everything good times and think competition's not coming, well, they're, they're gonna, their lunch is going to get eaten. I mean, Tesla is eating these people's lunch because they don't feel that pressure. So I don't know, maybe if you have to pay and, and lose some money in the short term that you can't use in some of the thousand ideas you got. I mean, think about it. GM purchases Nikola, the, the guy who had a scam truck company allegedly okay i'll use that word allegedly yeah i mean he ain't the ceo he's not there no more the founder of it's not there jim buys that for billions of dollars and then says oops made a mistake okay we'll just sell that back <laughs> or whatever they got rid of it ford put in into rivian and then they're like ah we're, we're not gonna continue that investment anymore we're gonna get out of that look these people at the highest management level, make very, very bad decisions at the end of the day. So because of their bad decisions, I don't think that the employees should have to suffer from it. And why do you think I, they make those bad decisions? Because they're not smart. At the end of the day, they're, they're, they're not smart. They're not the, – the, the stockholders, the, really the board of directors, are, are picking, picking the wrong people. These people live in la-la land. Everybody should be looking for – someone who has, you know, 
literally says, I don't even want any m- money almost. Like, I hate this. Like, this sounds kind of ridiculous, but let's just say a CEO came along. I don't care what company it is, it's, it's irrelevant. It says, You don't have to pay me. I'm already wealthy anyway, you know, because most likely if you're at that level, you've been very, very successful. You don't have to pay me. And they literally do it all based on stock and all based on four years later, not each year or anything like that. This way they have, you know, or maybe five years. This way they have this commitment for five years. They have a plan for five years. And then if they exceed and they actually do what that plan, it maybe takes six months to even put the plan together. This is not something that just happens right away. But either way, they get then they get rewarded from five years. And like, wow, you really did it, man! Everybody's great. Every the company is awesome. Now, okay, get a hundred million, get two hundred million, three hundred million, get whatever, because you actually did what you said you were going to do. These people don't do that. They they get paid even when they fail. Exactly. That's what the problem I can't is. Wrap my head around that. It's the lack of consequences. There's no consequence if they fail. They get a big balloon. They get a huge, a huge severance package. They get to walk out the door, and then they roll right into the next CEO job. Yeah, and let's not act like these. You know, people always want to get into this private business stuff. And look, I'm purely cap. I'm a capitalistic person. This, my mindset is there. But these people are are are. They didn't found the company. <laughs> they really don't have that kind of, they don't have that vested kind of, like, are you, are they hiring people who started off like as, you know, right out of high school or right out of college, you know, went there and he's been working for the, or he or she has been working for the company for 35 years and just lives and breeds that company. Okay. You know, that person, I, I would give that person some kind of credit, but usually that's not the case. They bring somebody in from like, Okay, you are the CEO of of beverage company. How do you feel about running a car company? Probably can do that, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just ridiculous where they get these people from. I mean, it's just. I mean, now a lot of times they do have the legacy of working in other car car companies like Ford, for sure. I know he does. Um, I I don't know about the other two, but either way, my point is that at the end of the day. Um, when over COVID, I don't think a lot of people know this, but this was reported from CNN. So prior to COVID, I think it was not the, the elite class had $9 trillion. All right. 9 trillion, whatever. I mean, 400 years of, of work, you know, of, of globalism. Um, starting about the 1600s, that's kind of when they say the trade, East Indian trade company and all this stuff, about 1600. So they amassed $9 trillion. Well, over two-year period, they added an extra five-plus trillion. Over two the- years. It took them 400 years to get to $9 trillion, But then over two years, they literally got to five. So and that was, we, and that's what it really was all about. The biggest transfer of wealth uh, in ever in human history. Every day, every day. So I don't know exactly when that when you want to say COVID started and COVID stopped, but literally every day a billionaire was born in America. So miss me with feeling anything with um, people who have. Um, amass so much ridiculous wealth that I just, I just, I have a hard time understanding it. I really do. I mean, the gap between the lowest person and then the CEO of a company, if you look at what that was in the fifties, the sixties and the seventies and how it just, I mean, we we're talking 2000% difference, but they're not founders. Like if they're, if you're a founder, I look at that so much differently. But if you're just somebody who got hired to do a job and you're not even doing it that well, I, I just don't, I don't get it, but it's not for me to understand. So I don't care. I don't really care that much, <clears throat> but that's my thought on it at least. Well, man, in, in, in closing, let's talk a little bit about the things we're trying to found. 
the things we got going on. Um, I know you wanted to talk about it a little bit. I want to talk real quick before you talk about yours is, you know, the Preppers Club, we hit a little bit of a milestone. We had our 75th member um, sign up. So that's kind of cool. And it's, you know, we don't charge a big fee. I'm not doing it to make a lot of money. I'm just, I'm liking, I'm liking the idea of having a um, platform that people could go on. We're just talking about prepping um, on the preppers club. It's more like a message board slash Instagram kind of mixed into one on the mighty network. But we hit that milestone of 75 members. It's only $4.99 for a lifetime membership. So it's, it's a very low cost to, to enter, but it's a great little community that we got going. Um, our engagement has been way up over the last couple of months. Um, some pretty solid members in there making posts daily, engaging with posts daily. Um, this month, we kind of introduced a kind of weekly format to the type of posts that we're doing. Um, and that's going really well as, as well. But I know you got even bigger and better plans than I have going on um, over at the prepare uh, preparedness awareness community what, what do you got going on what's the latest and grace in your world well let me tell you there's a lot going on there but i'm going to micro focus here on one thing and that's the challenges that i want to i want to get get people to be involved in i have three 66 day challenges right now but i'm going to do one that i'm very excited about um, and I think I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to call it yet. So if anybody has any good ideas, hit me up in the DMs at Frederick Reddy at, um, Instagram on Instagram or Twitter, but it's going to be something of the, of the idea. And this, this is a follower. This is not my idea. Um, they came up with this is 50. Well, they said 52 projects in 52 weeks. And I like that idea. I like the idea of doing projects, but making them by a week versus a task. A task is something you probably can get done in a day. A project, yeah, you need a week. But I think what I'm going to do is call it 50 and 50. And just, you know, people have to take vacations or, you know, have excuses or whatever, whatever. And I'm just, I want people to really, really make no excuse for not living a preparedness lifestyle. Take a year. Take a year. Write down 50 things that you want to get accomplished, you know, so it could be, you know, preparing water. Get a whole week to do that. A whole week. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of these things could be done not – it's, it's not about, like, when you start and stop something. It's finishing something for one week. So you could be working on five projects in a week. It's just that at the end of that week, on Sunday night, going into Monday, you can say, hey, boom, I got that accomplished. So I'm going to create a community for that where we all can kind of cheerlead ourselves on. We can look at each other's progress. We, we start off with sharing, here's my 50, maybe take some pictures, share your pictures. And then we all kind of just hold ourselves accountable. Okay, here's Monday. How many people posted, said they got something done? Ah, uh, didn't get anything done. I'm on you. And I'm not going to make it free because I believe if, if it's free, people just won't take it seriously. So, but I am going to have it free. So follow me on this. So it's going to cost you $99 to join. Now, I will never charge your card in a whole year. You have a, a, a trial period will be one year. Well, you have 50 weeks. So if you complete everything in 50 weeks, you just go in and you just cancel. No big deal. So you never had to pay. Mission accomplished, never paid. But say you did accomplish everything and you said, you know what? This kind of changed my life. I'm going to hook them up with $100. I'm going to hook them up with that $99. So it works as a nice little tip. I appreciate that. Good looking out. Either way, I'm happy if you just cancel it or... You stay in the community because if you stay in the community, if you don't, if you cancel, then that means you got kicked out of the community. But if you pay, you're now in the community and I would like to make you a, a, an ambassador. So now you can promote and motivate other people to do the exact same thing. There is no time where it, I'm not going to set it up where we're all starting at the first of the new year. No, you just start when you start. You start your year whenever you want to start your year. So. I don't know exactly what I'm going to name the challenge. I don't know exactly what I'm going to uh, 
you know, release it, but it will be here soon. No doubt about it. Um, so that's kind of something. The challenges I just think are important to create community and progress. You know, I like to live in the terms of, and you noticed very well, Lenny, my favorite thing to say is walk it like you talk it. <laughs> okay. So if you don't walk it like you talk it, you know, I don't, I, I really don't believe you. So let's, let's actually, I want to meet more people who are like me. I want to meet like-minders. And I know people will join different communities for different reasons, but show me, show me that we're alike. <laughs> I mean, show me, let me see, let me see how you started and let me see how you finished in a year. Cause that would tell a lot that would say, Hey man, we're on the same page together. We're not just talking about preparing. We are actually living a preparedness lifestyle. So yeah, that's, that's something exciting to me. Uh, I appreciate the um, follower who, uh, and friend, you know, followers, friends, I consider who who gave me that suggestion and um, I know I'm going to start it. So I'm going to be one of the first person in there and I definitely got 50 projects that I need to accomplish. And I think it's kind of cool to do this because if we all event, quote unquote, events going to occur, whatever this event you think is going to occur, are you really prepared? I mean, do you got some stuff to do? You're telling me you don't got at least 50 projects that you got to get done. So if this is something you're interested, go ahead and go to um, preparedness.tips, preparedness.tips, and just join tpaca.co, or eventually you'll see whatever I end up naming this, probably 50 and 50. It's probably going to be the 50 and 50 challenge. Uh, You'll see that challenge right there and just sign up for it. And like I said, I will charge your card uh, that $100, or I will – you have to put a card up to get in, but I will never charge that card. You'll be under a trial period for one year. So you'll, that card will never get charged for, for one year. So if you accomplish it or you just say, hey, man, I'm tapping out. You want to tap out? No big deal. Just, you know, let us know. You know, don't don't be secretive about it. Just hit, you know, I'm tapping out. Let Make a post. Hey, guys, I got to tap out. And then there's no need for us to charge you. So just cancel your um, – your membership. So that's what I'm doing, Lenny. That's, that's the hot thing right now. That's the thing I'm most excited about. I love it, man. I definitely, as you put those challenges up, I know I'm going to find one that I want to tap into. And I kind of like the idea of having a little money penalty if you don't. And I definitely agree with you on the fact that I think if you went through something like that, any of those challenges, whether it's the 66 day or the whole year long one, at the end of the day, you're probably going to want to leave that tip just to help out the community in general. And the 66, I'm glad you mentioned that the 66 uh, day one will be 1995. So that's just a quick little $20 tip. If you feel like, Hey man, 66 days, I accomplished it. Thank you for pushing me. Go ahead and leave that. If not, that's a 90 day um, uh, trial period. So some of these 66 day challenges are tough. You know, you might start, you might stop and start and stop. So you get 90 days with the 66 day challenges, a little longer um, than the year one. But either way, I think people could understand that the concept I'm trying to do here. It's not necessary for me to make the money, even though that's a very appreciated. You can't spread preparedness awareness without making money. So um, I like to do this as my full time job. So I appreciate anybody who would want to you know, leave that kind of gratuity. But at the end of the day, it's it's just about getting people prepared. That's now, this what is I something that everyone could go find when they go to preparedness.tips? Absolutely. Just head over to preparedness.tips, and uh, you can check it out. Meanwhile, brother, another successful show. Are you people spreading the word? Are you, are, are you not? entertained exactly you know if you guys are entertained the some of the best things you can do is just tap in in the comments um in the show notes and everything you have links to preparedness.tips you have links to um the the preppers club all that's in there um i appreciate the messages on instagram that you're listening the viewership uh, our listenership is is spread the word about the podcast share it with other people that's how we can grow 
grow this message. If you don't share, that I mean, do you really care? I mean, sharing, right. sharing is, is the greatest tip. Sharing is the greatest tip beyond just engaging with us. I know that both of us are very responsive. We're both very um, community building oriented in this whole endeavor. We're not doing this just to stroke our own egos or to have something to do on a Sunday night. This is really just to develop a community for people to go to, to get better prepared. So you're not caught off guard and your family's scrambling to figure out what to do as people are having machete fights at the parade and the cops are flashing guns in your face. Uh, we, want, we want you to be prepared for anything. We want you to be be prepared for everything and the be best way for you to do that is to really tap in to the the communities that we're both trying to develop so frederick thank you again this is uh, i believe week three of the new format and i believe consistency is key and i think we're only going to see the the success of this grow as we continue down the road absolutely brother god bless everyone you're always in my prayers amen amen till next time peace